You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Repack, where we recap the recent Packers game. I'm Justice Mosqueda. I'm here with Tex Western. Say what's up to the people, Tex. Oh, what's up, everybody? Hope you're feeling good on a Monday morning. Hope your Monday morning is going better than your Sunday afternoon did. Let's Let's put it that way. Yeah, that that was a toughie. Sucks to suck, right? Yeah, that was a that was a brutal game today. Just brutal. And I think the biggest thing is like you could just feel it slipping away, like real early, and then it's just watching a horror movie. Yeah. Um. Obviously, thirty-eight-three Saints over the Packers. Um. Man, it, it was it was a complete mess on both sides of the football. Um. We'll, we'll, I think we'll talk about a couple of games that it reminded us of in a little bit, but um, we've, we've seen this from Lafleur teams though, right? When they lose, they lose big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do, I mean, and when they do lose and they lose big, it's always against downhill run teams, man. And yeah. that, that's the part that sucks is <laughs> just consistently seeing the same type of team whoop your ass. I, this, I will say this Defense is a whole lot different than Mike Pettin, and they lost in the run game for a lot of different reasons that were not the typical Mike Pettin reasons. So I know a lot of people will be like, Barry, oh, he sucks. It's just Pettin all over again. But I think this had to do more with like offensive or the defensive line play than alignment, which is like alignment and personnel. Like, Hey, maybe let's not walk up Zadarius Smith over the center when they're running trap, or let's not have Amos there in in uh, dime at linebacker and just get ran downhill on. Um, they weren't doing any of that. Uh, they went dime one play this game. Uh, I think the back. Uh, I, I think Henry Black, the third safety, um, the only other safety who was active, didn't even get in the game defensively. Maybe I'm wrong there, but that's what I saw. Um, so yeah, just so just in general, like what what were your takeaways from this game? Um, ultimately, the, the Packers just got beaten up in the trenches on on both sides of the football. Um, the 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 D line just looked like they they were they were being put on skates the entire first half, especially those two long touchdown drives. And when you know, it seemed like they just could not hold the point of attack at all. And that's a that's a bad news against to your point a, a downhill running team. Yeah, and that it really I mean if you ask me what is the big takeaway here, it's that we learned that the Packers defensive line cannot handle these type of guys. And part of the problem too, I was talking with Seth Galina from Pro Football Focus on this for the Friday uh preview pod. And their interior offensive line is like their weakest part of their offensive line, you know? Like yeah. they're no they're they're known as a good offensive line, but it's because they have great tackles and they have solid interior players. So those interior guys driving literally every defensive tackle that the Packers had off the ball, you know, a couple yards was tough. I mean, even Kenny Clark had a couple of those where he, he was taken off the ball. And 
I just, I mean, that at some point that's a talent thing. And right. that stresses me out moving forward <laughs> in the season. Cause like they were playing base defense, you know, in terms of personnel, like they had three defensive tackles out there and they all had them inside of the offensive tackles. Like in theory, you should not be able to run against these guys. Like on, on paper, if you try to draw it up, the lines wouldn't work, but the difference is their guys are moving your guys. And at that point, it's tough, and I know a lot of people will come out with the hot. It's an easy take to to send out there that it's you know, hey, maybe they should have played in the preseason. Well, all of those interior defensive line guys, other than Kenny Clark, were getting preseason time. So, yep. what more did you want them to do? Yeah, it's man, you saw like to your point, there was a lot of base defense, and that's kind of what Joe Barry promised us all all summer and all offseason, right? They were going to play a little bigger than they did under Patton when he was in dime, what, 60% of the time or something like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it on that side of the ball, it, it certainly seems like it just boils down to execution as as much as anything. And, I mean, a couple of issues of not containing the edge, but that wasn't the biggest issue. It was it was the downhill stuff. It was it was the, you know, the tackles being, you know, being moved four or five yards down the field on every play. Yeah, and I think – one of the big issues when you do give up those inside runs too is the other team can now control the clock, right? Because they yeah. can just chip away. They can just chip away. And that's how you get back-to-back 15-play scoring <laughs> drives, the first time that's happened since 2000. Just absurd. I mean, there was a point like right before the two-minute – or yeah, I think it was the two-minute drill. I think it was like actually like a one-minute drill yep. where the Saints – had like four times as much like time of possession as the Packers. Yeah, And at I, that point, I, I know people get mad and they're like, well, why don't you run the ball more? When a team is holding the ball like that, you can't run the ball. Because if you right. start running the ball, you're you're not just fighting. Your Football games aren't just, I beat this team. It's, I got a score ahead of this team by the time the clock ended. The clock is still very much in play, even early on in games. So when you're down 17-0, it's it's a wrap for the run game that early right. when they're holding the ball like that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and th- at that point, I thought there was still you know there's still a chance. It's it's seventeen to nothing with a minute left. If if the Packers go down and get a score, whether that's three or seven, and then they're getting the ball coming out of halftime, um, if they can find a way to double up, then you're you're right back in it, regardless of you know if if you get ten, if you get seven, you know fourteen. Um, then, then you're right back in a competitive game, and they at least got the score at the end of the half to get that those three points. But just yeah, g- game situation. Then coming out of the second half and and turning the ball over uh, after a you know finally a, a decent sustained drive um, to start the third quarter. That felt like the backbreaker, man. Um, keeping it seventeen three, having a chance to to go down by one score, and then flipping the field with with that first pick. Uh, that was that was what what did it for me. That was when I knew, I think I knew it was over. I, I think LaFleur and Rogers based off of their post-game comments said the same thing. They're like, that's a different game. If we don't throw that pick, you know, yep. in, the, in the red zone. And I think they have a point. Yeah. <laughs> well, and what that, that pick I want to touch on briefly because I mean, Rogers has pass rush in his face. He's got to get rid of that ball quickly, but it looked, I mean, he, he threw it way behind Adams on that crossing route. If, if he throws it to the sideline, that's not a, bad play right like i mean he's i don't, he's I don't think it was some, a bad decision it was a bad i think it was just a bad sure. throw yeah yeah okay that's and that's where i landed on that too not like the second pick the second pick 
the second like one was, was just like, hey man, it was, we got to make was, a play at some point. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a Yolo ball, and and you you get it, and he's he's done some of those before, where you know backed up against the own his own goal line, and you know he's he's converted those to to MVS and to Adams last year. We saw a couple of those, but yeah, it was that first one where that that really it that was a little bit like the. Um, you know, one of the picks against Tampa, I feel like in the NFC championship, right. Um, it just completely deflated the, you know, the team entirely. Um, I'm not a big momentum guy, but you know, if, if you're into that, that was the momentum shift, right? Yeah, no, for so. sure. And, you know, I think everyone can at least understand like situations change. Right. Yeah. Um, so like green Bay, so one of the big issues I have is it seems like people are worried about the offense. I understand Aaron Rodgers played very poorly today. Not really worried about the offense at all. I, I don't, how do you feel about that? The the only thing I'm worried about is what we kind of knew we should be worried about coming in, which was kind of the interior of the offensive line. Um, because there were it certainly seemed like there were some moments when they really struggled against um, a, a defensive line that outside of Cam Jordan and – you know, depending on what you think of Marcus Davenport, interior they didn't really have anybody at defensive tackle. And all their all their guys are hurt. Yeah, everybody's hurt, hurt or suspended or yep. yeah. So I mean, again, they had Christian Ringo as a listed as a starter. I, I'll be curious to see if he actually started and what his like what his playing time was. But like Christian Ringo, who hasn't played in football in three years, was playing significant snaps on the interior. <laughs> That's not a guy that you should be you know losing battles to on the inside. Um, so, and, and the, the, there was one play, I mean, Cam Jordan gave Royce Newman his welcome to the NFL moment. Um, I think that was, was that on the pick? Uh, man, there was, there was a couple plays where, you know, Newman, Newman really seemed to struggle and, and just the interior of the line in general, but outside of that, I, I'm with you. The, the running backs never had a chance to get anything going. The receivers didn't really have much of an opportunity to do anything. Um, certainly not after the catch. So I don't think we can, because of game situation and, and how everything went, I mean, LaFleur said he didn't even really get into the game plan at all in the first half because they only had yeah. 12 snaps before that, that last minute drive. Um, so yeah, I don't know. And that's the toughest thing. That's the toughest thing. When they were legitimately still in a position where they were trying to gather information about how the defense lines up to their formations yeah. and they were already down 17-0. That sucks. And that that's why I think this game is the flow of the game was so weird in that New Orleans could hold the ball and they were scoring at will, basically, um, that I don't think this necessarily translates for the offense in terms yeah. of like something we should worry about. Defensively, I don't even know what you do because you're already playing heavy on the defensive line. So like what you get Kenny Clark more motivated. I don't know how realistic that <laughs> is like. Yeah, schematically, what do you do to fix that? To your point, you're already playing mostly base, so and they're ah. they're stacking all three of those defensive tackles in the interior. Like uh-huh. you have both true linebackers out there. What what else can you do? You're not going to get a linebacker who can move who's bigger than uh, Devondre Campbell at this point. You know, um, I don't know what the defensive tackle market looks like on September 12th. So. Right. It's a tough one. And, you know, Detroit, um, they got a lot of garbage time scores in, uh, frankly, against San Francisco today. But they very much seem like they're committed to inside run game. And that'll be very interesting because I think 
their first 250 yards of the game today, 240 of them came from two running backs and TJ Hawkinson. So <laughs> I feel like we kind of know what we're getting with Detroit next week, which is they're not really going to try to pass to their wide receivers. And okay. Why, why well, should they? <laughs> it's, it's a fair point, but you know, Detroit's offensive line probably isn't what new Orleans is. Um, but I don't think it's bad by any means. I know Panay Sewell yep. got some left tackle reps after struggling at right tackle for most of the preseason, and he looked solid apparently. Um, so I don't know. My my anxiety. I went from a zero out of ten for the Lions anxiety game to like I'm I'm like a two out of ten now <laughs> on like the, the off chance that you can stop Aaron Rodgers long enough to be able to hold the ball and run downhill. It kind of worries me just the yep. slightest. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be interesting. But I mean, you, you mentioned there, there's some games that come to mind here that that were similar to this. Um, the first Tampa game last year, the regular season one, maybe a little bit, but that one was um, that wasn't the the kind of power running hold the ball style from Tampa. But maybe the Chargers game in 2019. I think you mentioned that a couple of players alluded to to that one as sort of a similar situation where. You know, they, they didn't really get a chance to get their offense going at all in that first half of that game, if I remember right. Yeah, it's just there's there isn't an offense. Like there isn't a blueprint once you're down 17. You yeah. the other team just basically gets to hold the ball for however long they want to hold it. And you can't stop the run game like there just isn't anything you can do. I mean, frankly, this game felt over by like midway through the second i know i know there was an opportunity at the end to try to like double up coming out of halftime but even then man that's a it's a tough ask to even do that absolutely yeah and that was to be down one score you you got you got to do everything perfect on those two drives just to be down one score so um one of the more interesting things i thought was so rashawn gary and preston smith started because of darius smith uh, it seemed like early on in the game they were keeping his uh, reps limited to like pass rushing situations. So like third and six plus, I would say yep. they started bringing him out and Zadarius wasn't even playing like true outside linebacker. Like he was lining up on the interior a lot, which one, he does a lot and he yep. did a lot under Penton. And then two, they didn't show with any other linebacker and they didn't show in the preseason at all. So I thought that that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, when Rashawn Gary gave up, a uh, long run to Jameis Winston for, for from Jameis Winston on I believe it was third down. Yep. Um, he 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 actually got like half decent pressure and then let Jameis run around him, lost contain, and then you saw Rashawn Gary's snaps start dropping drastically. And the weird thing about that is Darius apparently got healthy because he started coming <laughs> in the game, and then like Jonathan Garvin like damn near matched uh, Rashawn Gary's snaps I would guess, and I was not expecting that. On top of that, you know, Chauncey Rivers was active for the game. So they they played five outside linebackers, which I I didn't see I, the need for that. But, like, I get it with Zedarius hurt. Yeah, I, I did not expect to see 47 on the field on defense at all. He and, got in the first drive. They, they yeah. double-swapped outside linebackers, <laughs> and he got in the first drive. Because they were yeah. so gassed because they couldn't stop the damn run. 15-play yep. drives. I was going to say it's it's I wonder how much the I mean, certainly the game situation played into it with with these extended drives. And I wonder if just the the heat and the conditions in Jacksonville may have played into that a little bit, too, that that they were trying to get guys in and out of the lineup a little bit more 
um, just to try to keep them a little fresher given the heat and, and humidity down, humidity down in Jacksonville. That's the only other thing I can think of with those guys because um, I don't I don't know I don't know what they really give you um, other than you know fresh bodies out there for you know the occasional snap here. Yeah, they weren't really making plays, and neither was the defensive line, to be fair. I thought Preston actually did it pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. Gary, obviously, his calling card is the bull rush. Like, he can bull rush with the best of them, and he can't do that much outside of that. Um, one guy who stood out, he got one snap. We already talked about him. Eric yep. Stokes came in, one snap, got a PBU, hit the bench again. So, yeah. I don't know, man. Kevin got lit up. I'll tell you that. I mean, uh-huh. they found they found his way. They weren't throwing much, but when they threw, they threw touchdowns. Uh, how many passes did Jameis have? I wouldn't be surprised if it was under 20, even though it was 20, 20 attempts. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. See, man. Yeah. That's, Jesus. that's not good. And the explosives were, were on Kevin. Um, yep. You say well, that? The, 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 here in Ohio, we got the end of the awful Cincinnati uh, Minnesota game. So I had to wait for that game to finish up in overtime before that's it switched over to, to, to green Bay, new Orleans. And the first play that, was on when when they finally switched back over is Kevin King dropping about 20 yards into his drop and I think Deontay Harris ran like a little comeback to the sideline for you know like yeah. a nice 12 or 13 yard gain or something I'm like well here we go again yep it's it's not great um it, it, it is interesting that in that dime look that Stokes got in Jair was playing in the slot and Stokes and Kevin mm-hmm. were both playing outside so I do kind of think that like so like they didn't they didn't activate uh Shamar Jean, John Charles, right? Yep. So that means they don't have a backup slot right. on the roster technically. If you're if you're thinking about like outside corner, inside corner, and then with the fact that they only have three safeties right now because Vernon Scott is still hurt, um, that makes me kind of think that, you know, if Chandon ever did go down, I think Jair is probably going to the slot in nickel and then Stokes is coming off the bench outside. Yeah, that's got to be it. I mean, that's the only that's the only other option that you've got with with John Charles inactive. I think so. That that makes sense. But uh, maybe there's maybe there's a you know maybe there's a, a reason to go to that a little bit um, in the normal rotation. I mean, you know, you got with Jair, you know, he can play inside or outside. He can he can he can lock up regardless of where you put him. So, but then again, that still leaves Kevin King on the field. And yeah, I just I just wonder how long it's going to be um, before we we do see Stokes really start to eat into his playing time because if today was any indication, it should be very quick. Now again, next week Detroit, um, you, you kind of alluded to it, and they don't really have much of a receiving core, um, at least on on the outside at, at all. Yeah, I mean, you're understating it. You're being nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but that might be the, you know, I think I, I heard you joking with, with Seth on Friday that the, the saints might have the worst receiving core in the NFL, but the, the one red flag that came up with my mind there is, well, Detroit still exists. So, I mean, yeah, it's Amon Ross, St. Brown and Quintus Cephas and yeah, that's that's about it. So I can understand why they're funneling their entire offense through through Hawkinson and the running backs. Um, yeah, Khalif Raymond was their top like wide receiver, and Jamal Williams, uh, Swift, and Hawkinson all had more yards and receptions than him. Yeah, so that's not great. Uh, no. Yeah, and they got like uh, 
Tyrell Williams. Like, it's all like, oh, that's where that guy oh, is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a lot of those that. guys. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so that, I mean, faster. next week will be interesting. I mean, if there were two guys I would want to get longer looks at during practice this week, would definitely be Heflin because he wasn't active yep. either. And then um, Stokes. Like, how sh- how sure are we that they shouldn't be on the field? Because mm-hmm. those are the two that, that, I think could probably contribute the most if they can give you snaps. Cause like Lancaster right now isn't giving you anything. Lowry isn't giving you anything. They can't get off a block. They can't rush the passer. Um, Slate is uh, very green right now. I'm still a little stunned that they kept, uh, they kept Lancaster after basically him being injured through the entire preseason. Um, And, and what, what does he really give you? So he's a nose tackle body. They did some interesting stuff, uh, you know, when the game wasn't out of hand where they would put Kenny Clark as a defensive end, but like, I guess like positionally defensive end, but where he lined up was three tech, which is like penetrating defensive tackle. It's on outside shoulder of the guard. So he he was basically kicked out and then Lancaster would play nose tackle. So it put, it it allows Kenny Clark to be in a more, um, penetrating position which i think serves him better frankly um but i don't see why like heflin couldn't play that either Mm -hmm. you know lowry's kind of thin for how long he is to kind of be doing that but like slayton could be doing that i think heflin could be doing that so i don't know i'm not sure lancaster is a i guess now 18 week guy on this roster if if they can get a look at some of these young guys and they did pull like starters at the end of like midway through the fourth quarter and you got to see Jordan Love, so it's not like yep. they're not trying to get reps or looks at, at these guys. No, I I thought that was uh, a little interesting too that uh, you got Love getting his first, finally getting his first action, and honestly, yeah, there were a couple of decent throws in there. I thought um, he comes in really. You, you always got to be worried about how serious teams are taking that too. I remember, also uh, fair. yeah, what was it, Hunley against the Vikings? Yeah. Whereas like Rogers got hurt, but like the game was like done already. So like Hundley came in, he made a couple throws, and then he started starting games, and teams started playing him a little different. <laughs> yeah, that that mm, that that brings up some bad memories of a a really ugly blowout that I saw that that Hundley game when uh, the pla- Packers played against Baltimore. I think it was like a twenty to nothing shutout loss at at home at Lambeau. My brother and I went up for that game, and it was. It was not pleasant. One of the one of the ugliest games in recent memory up until today, I think. I, I so. still think the top one is uh, the Arizona game. Losing to Josh yep. Rosen like that. Let's mm. not lose perspective. It was Josh <laughs> Rosen, the guy that like everyone hated at some point. He's bouncing around rosters. And, um, yeah, I mean, Arizona didn't like him enough to just be like, yeah, we're done with you after yeah. one year. And that's but- the guy that – the McCarthy. Fun fact, Josh Rosen got in on two snaps today for the Falcons in garbage time of their I uh, saw that. They're getting the, the Eagles. Crap beaten out of them, man. Oh, like embarrassing. That, yeah. That's a bad team too. So nice. bad. And they could have taken a quarterback and they didn't because they thought that they were going to just like keep this going. No rebuild and then Julio's yeah. like, "You got to be kidding me. I'm out." Yeah. And you just paid Dante said, Fowler how much? No, I'm gone. <laughs> And instead, Justin Fields ends up in Chicago because, of course, just so many bad decisions. Um, They said in the presser uh, updates tomorrow on DeGuara, who got a concussion, and then Darnell Savage, who had a shoulder injury. By the way, 
Darnell Savage, hell of an interception that got called back for no good yes. reason. Yes. Oh my god. I, I was hoping you were going to bring that up because that that hit by Zadarius. That's a textbook. It was this clean. Is, this was is clean. a textbook. This is how we want you to hit in the NFL these days. There was no contact to the head. There was you know no body weight landing on the quarterback. I I, I can't for the life of me understand what the referee saw there that that led him to throw the flag other than that the fact that it was just a big hit on the quarterback it wasn't late i, I think that's it literally egregious <laughs> like gosh I, I oh that killed me and again the game was over at that point for all intents and purposes i get it um but yeah you rob savage of a, a great pick um and it just yeah that just felt like the you know the cherry on top of the crap sandwich that we had to watch in this game it was nice for a packer to get a pressure too i mean that's there, that's were, a there good weren't point. too many of those. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that goes down as a. Uh, I'll have to look at the stat sheet tomorrow morning and see if that actually goes down as a play of record, um, or if the. I think the they go no play there, right? Away. I think you're right. So he's not even going to get credit for the uh, the quarterback hit on that. I think Just they so the dumb. Entirely. The no the no play stats counting, and then uh, well within context, right? Like yeah, if you're mugging a wide receiver, you get an interception as DPI. That shouldn't count. Right. But like that, and then also for whatever reason, people not including playoff games in the stats is like very weird to me because <laughs> they are they are in theory the most important games, and if nothing else, at the bare minimum, they were a game that was played, which yep. seems fair to to count. Um, my buddy Sam Schwartzstein, who worked with me uh, at the XFL, texted Dean Blandino about that play, and <laughs> what Dean said was, "It's not a foul," and that was the only thing that, that- he said. All right, there you go. End of story. Oh, yeah. man. That was an ugly one. Like you said, I think yeah. that was just a, hey, you hit the quarterback hard flag where you know uh-huh. a lot of people complain about, like, you don't want people to touch quarterbacks, and it's, like, actually a player safety thing. This one right. felt like it was actually, a, yeah, you just don't want people to touch quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, if it was – Buck or Aikman even made a mention on the broadcast of Winston popped right back up when he saw that it was a pick and, you know, was looking to try to make the tackle. He was not looking to sell a call. I think even he knew that it was a clean hit. And and, there and was it was no like a late flag too, right? Yeah. Wasn't it so, late? Yeah. A little bit. So, I, man. Uh, as always, there's an officiating problem in the NFL, and I don't know – I don't know how you fix that. <laughs> Uh, you got you got to put the home addresses on the back of the uniforms. I've been telling the league for years, and they don't believe me. Watch watch how uh, what, yeah watch how uh, actions change if that happens. Yep. But yep. do we got anything else? Anything else you wanted to touch on? I thought it was kind of interesting. Like AJ Dillon got in when they were trying to like actually run the ball and get their offense back started. But I mean, mm-hmm. it lasted like three plays. So yeah, I don't know how much again how much you can take from that. Tanya um, not playing so much. Yeah, that was uh, that was surprised. interesting. He was um, playing like a third of the snaps when they were mm-hmm. like not in their hurry up offense, and then obviously he had to come out on the field. Yeah, Deguara was was getting some run, I think, early on when again when they were trying to set up the run a little bit. So maybe that's the yeah you know, maybe that's the angle they want to go with Mercedes on the line, and and Deguara is more of that kind of you know fullback, uh, H back type of guy. I, I that's that's the only thing I can think of there. Um, the only other thing that, that I, that you, you kind of mentioned it earlier with Gary missing contain on Winston, but it, it seemed like early on in the game, there were a bunch of scrambles for him that 
was it just like was there some pass rush integrity lane integrity that was just being missed all over the place because there's no reason Jameis Winston should be killing you with his legs at least well I wouldn't think part of part of the issue too right is if you are going to play base right and you're going to send four-man pressure so you're not taking anyone out of the coverage that means that one of your outside linebackers has to drop into coverage because you're not dropping a defensive tackle. So your pass rush then becomes three D tackles and an outside linebacker. And one of those D tackles, whichever way you're slanting um, to, you know, the, the dropping outside linebacker, that guy now has to play contain. So I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, on the all 22 or something, you end up looking and you're like, Oh yeah. Dean Lowry lost a foot race to Jameis Winston. And that might've been something that happened, but both yep. of those tackles are very good. Again, um, this yep. isn't something that you're necessarily going to get every week, but I do think there are a few opportunities um, on the schedule for a team to run inside. It's not really – don't think of it as running. Think of it specifically as running inside because Minnesota and the Rams are very different from, like, Baltimore, what Detroit wants to do, uh, what Cleveland can do, what San Francisco can do. Right. Yep. So those are the big ones to me that I'm like, highlight this because this one in terms of like styles make fights, not necessarily they're a better team overall, but styles mm-hmm. makes fights. Um, just interesting games to note where Green Bay yep. might end up in the same situation. Yeah, just ultimately all about those matchups stylistically and, and what they what what they kind of want to do and what their you know, what their skill sets allow them to to do better from a from a schematic perspective. I gotcha. Yeah, and then the only other thing, man, third downs. One of ten for the Packers on third down. Five of ten, New Orleans. I mean, money down. That that that's gonna kill you. Yeah. So they were so good on third down last year, all year long, um, and no surprise, they go one of ten and they get blown out. That's all. Not I got. great. Sucks nope. to suck. Uh, the only good <laughs> news is that uh, everyone in the NFC North is probably gonna go zero and one. The Bears yeah. are playing right now, but yeah. They're down two touchdowns, start of the fourth quarter. They're going to be done. Um, Minnesota did not look good uh, in Cincinnati. Um, you they have Detroit. to come back to even push that into OT, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, since he, uh, they put up some points early. Um, Jamar Chase remembered how to catch a football, so that was nice for him. Um, but, yeah, I think they came back with, like, 10 points in the fourth quarter to push that to overtime. And then, you know, Detroit – going down big early and same thing. They're trying to turn the claw their way back in some garbage time, but yeah. So the rest of the division at least looks like what we expected them to be. So uh, division is still very much in sight. So we got that going for us, which is nice. Yep. All right, guys. Um, keep listening. Keep checking in on uh, Acme packing company. Uh, leave a review, a nice review, five stars, please. It helps us with the algorithms I've been told. Uh, text. Do you want to plug anything that that you're working on recently? Um, we'll start. Uh, obviously, now that we're into games and uh, the regular season, we'll be doing our usual game stuff. So keep an eye out. We'll have snap counts up tomorrow morning, probably right around the time that uh, you get this uh, into your feed. Um, hopefully for your your morning commute. Um, and yeah, just the the usual stuff. Keep it here. Keep it in the feed, and we'll see you around the internets. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the PropG podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
Questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 